Wanna Vibe is a podcast and resource speaking simply about all things wellness. We want to break down each topic and start from the beginning, avoiding the assumption that everyone knows the building blocks to a particular subject. The way we see it, wellness is all-encompassing of each aspect that affects our everyday lives. In addition to our faves like fitness and nutrition, this could mean anything from relationships to careers, finances, spirituality, and so much more. We are Abby and Issa. Wanna Vibe? guys hello welcome back to wanna vibe how is everybody doing hopefully you're all doing well um i'm isa i'm abby this is wanna vibe and today we're going to be talking about a little bit of nutrition stuff but first i want to hear about how your week is going (sighs) well it's only tuesday Today's going to be a heavy-duty recording week for us. Today's a, Yeah, this whole week is going to be a little bit crazy. It's always crazy because we work out a lot. We work Abby, a lot. Abby killed me this morning at our workout. Practicing but, my PT skills. And I was out of sorts for the rest of the fucking day. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry. I was really tired, but it was good. Um, but we have like a lot to focus on, which is exciting. Like our, We're deciding to work on upper body now so we don't have noodle arms because we're doing a Spartan race in June. Which is in, from when we're recording, it's in, from right now, it's in seven weeks. Yep. And I have no upper body strength. I'm like a, a an infant. Same. <laughs> Same. 100%. Um, so we've been trying to focus our workouts around that, which has been taxing and also a little bit frustrating. Feel a little out of balance. Right. Um, but we've also been working really hard. Just in like life work. Actual work that Actual brings us work, money. The money work. Right. Um, it's been a busy week and it's only Tuesday. Um, and we are prepping for our first uh, on-air interview. So excited. So that episode will be coming out after this one. We are talking to holistic nutritionist Becky Davies of Dirty Habit NY. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of sat down and we were sort of figuring out our equipment and how we were going to record, um, on a call. And then we just felt inspired to actually record this episode. So here we are. Here we are on a Tuesday night. I still have to cook for John, but I don't care. (laughs) But, uh, I shoved all my food in my mouth before you got here. (laughs) But today we're actually going to talk about macros, which is something that I personally have only just recently started learning with the help of Abby. Um, when it came to doing macros, I was just super overwhelmed because of the way the placement works of finding like numbers for your fats, your proteins, and your carbohydrates, and then keeping those numbers within um, like a proper calorie deficit if you're trying to lose weight or if you're trying to gain weight, whatever. Um, and as I've said before, like math makes me sweat. So the minute that I see numbers, I just get discouraged. Um, but shockingly, it's easy. And that's coming from me, who's like dumb as bricks when it comes to math. Like, don't ask me to count numbers higher than 10. <laughs> you and Dylan together. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the thing about macros or flexible dieting or IIFYM or whatever other macro-related hashtag that you will see on Instagram. IIFYM just means... If it fits your macros. Exactly. Um, macros 
seems really intimidating because nobody ever breaks it down for you. Right. And I think that this was one of the topics that really inspired us to even start this podcast is taking these things that everybody talks about, but nobody ever explains and just really breaking it down and like dumbifying it almost. Right. Um, so let's start with what a macro is. What the fuck is a macro? Um, macronutrients or macros are the three nutrients that we find in food that give our bodies energy. So proteins, fats, and carbs, all our body can break down all of the different components in these nutrients and use it to survive basically. So just for a little context, the opposite of a macronutrient is a micronutrient. And those are your vitamins and your minerals. And those are really important because they support the functioning of the body system. So for example, magnesium aids in maintaining normal heart rate. It helps convert glucose or blood sugar into energy. And it's also essential for the absorption of other micronutrients such as vitamin C and calcium. So they play together, but in different ways. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. And to those who are listening, do not get overwhelmed by like a lot of the big words that happen when like describing these things, because it's easily, very easily broken down as we go on. So for the purpose of macros and understanding what we're talking about, all you need to know is that macros are protein, carbs, and fat. And the reason that we eat macronutrients is to give energy. Exactly. So you need energy for everything. You need energy to breathe. You need energy for your heart to pump blood. You need energy to walk, to sleep, not just to do things like working out. Like exactly, all just of functioning, things, right? In general. Um. So, like, how did you get into doing macros? Like, what made you change from? Because you know yeah. you, those diets that are like low carb, no carb, twelve hundred right. calories, right? What got you into doing and focusing on this where you were like, I'm going to bear down and figure it out? Yeah. So, um, you know, I started seeing things on Instagram. I started seeing like weird fucking hashtags that I was like, what does this mean? Right. And all of the people that were posting the weird hashtags were eating all of this amazing looking food. And I'm like, how is this possible that they're eating these cookies and, and these pancakes like and looking cut up as hell? Um, and so I did a little investigating and there's something really, really appealing to me about being able to eat whatever you want, essentially, you know what I mean? Like Like, quote unquote, normally. Right. And you know, if you're looking at quote unquote dieting from a psychological perspective, the reason that diets fail is because nine times out of 10, you're restricting entire food groups or, um, you know, taking out sugar or you're fucking eating paleo or like whatever it is. You're denying yourself. You're restricting, which leads to craving, which leads to binging, which leads to quitting. And it's a vicious cycle. And that's why you meet so many people that are just like competitive dieters. Like you're constantly doing the latest diet, constantly trying to lose weight and nothing's ever working. Nothing's ever sticking. It's just not sustainable. So the reason that I love macros is that is it's because it's sustainable for any lifestyle. Like if I want a cookie, I can build that into my macros. Or if I want, I know that I'm going to, you know, a birthday party, I'm going to know that I'm going to allot a certain amount of food for that birthday party, a certain amount of calories, I should say, for that birthday party. And I'm going to just eat like light for the rest of the day. Yeah. It's really, really, truly about balance. Absolutely. And I enjoy it shockingly. Like every day I have ice cream almost every day. 
And it's psychotic because I measure it out in my quarter cup measuring cup with a handle. And I sit there and I lick at it. But John's like, are you having ice cream tonight? And will straight up like hand me my quarter cup measuring spoon. And you're like, here you go. So I think I think for the reason of measuring and weighing food, um, it gets a bad rap Mm -hmm. and it makes people think that you're a little bit psycho. Right. But but once you do it a few times, too, you get an idea like when people are able to eyeball it. Right. Or like when people say like having meat is like the size of your fist and things like that. It really does start making sense because when you do what weigh it and measure it. It looks exactly like that. Like your portion control looks like that. And so to break down this whole macros counting thing into an even simpler term. So macro counting is basically a fancy way to say counting calories, right? Right. Um, And counting calories is really just a guideline for good old fashioned portion control. Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what so many things have evolved from is just like portion control. And especially we as Americans have gotten so out of control with our portion sizes. And so often we're eating two, three, four portions in one sitting and calling it a portion and and not not understanding why I'm not losing weight or why I can't, you know, get tone or whatever your goal is. Um, and so I think, you know, we all can kind of agree that a caloric deficit equals weight loss or fat loss and a caloric surplus equals weight gain. So meaning if you're burning more calories than you're eating, you're going to lose weight. If you're burning less calories than you're eating, you're going to gain weight. And if you're eating around the same that you're burning, you're going to maintain. Right. Um, but the difference is, is that the type of loss or gain that you get from eating higher proteins and more moderate fats and carbs is that your body doesn't break down the different types of macronutrients the same way. So I'll give you an example. Okay. So if you're eating a caloric surplus of carbs, right, your body can only convert so much of those carbs into energy to use in that day. Okay. Whatever it doesn't convert into energy, it stores as fat. That makes sense. Whereas protein, if your body doesn't use as much protein as you're eating in a day, it finds another way to excrete it. Pee, poop, gas. It's going to get rid of it. P-U. P-U. So how do you figure your macros out? Like when you did it for me, you knew that I was balking on figuring it out on myself. And you were just like, here are your numbers and this is what you do. Let me tell you something. Isa told me that she wanted to do macros. And I was like, okay, can you just jot down everything you're eating for like three days (laughs) so I can get an idea of where you're at? Really, I can take your height and your weight and your age and your activity level and figure out what your macros should be. And there may be some tweaks as you kind of trot along and learn, but for the most part, they're going to be in the correct general area. But I wanted to get an idea of like how much work Isa's (laughs) dietary intake needed. And every week for like a month, she would be like, oh, I just, um, I'm going to send it to you in a few days, but I had ice cream last night. And I'm like, no, bro, the point is not to send me three perfect days of eating. The point is to send me three realistic days of eating. My realistic days really were just sad. So I, 
told her to fuck off. I did her macros. I sent them to her. I didn't even explain to her what to do. I was like, I use my fitness pal to track. Is that what you use? Yes. There's another app called lose it that a lot of people use. Um, but I use my fitness pal to track macros. I was like, this is what I use. These are your numbers figured out. And I didn't even explain to her how to do any of it. And she managed to figure it out on her own. Um, but which says a lot because again, math and I, I'm a dummy. But to answer your original question, to figure it out, I paid somebody to do it the first time. I paid a macros coach to do my macro count. There are also macro coaches that will actually coach you. So you have like weekly check-ins and things like, and you can ask them questions and they're available and things like that. Right. Sort of like what I do as a health coach. And some some of my clients do use macros, but not it's not for everybody. Um, So that would be the easiest way is to pay somebody. Yeah. And when Um, you think about it too, I know this, it's like, oh, I don't feel like paying somebody to do those things, but you have to look at yourself as an investment, like your body your is, health an is an investment. Your is an 100%. You have to invest in yourself. Um, What's there another? are calculators online, mm-hmm. but I find that they're not always accurate. Actually, I find that they're, they're quite inaccurate. Especially um, if they're free. They're free, but also a lot of people overestimate how much daily movement they are doing. Right. So high level breakdown of how you calculate your macros is first you calculate your basal metabolic rate or your BMR. And that means just how many calories your body needs to intake each day just to survive basic organ function, Mm -hmm. breathing, you know, those, those things. So even if you're like completely sedentary and you sit at your desk all day and you don't work out at all and you like barely leave the couch, you're still probably burning around 1400 calories a day if you're an adult female. Wow. So take your BMR and then you figure out based on your activity level, what your TDEE is or your total daily uh, energy expenditure. So that's where you take into consideration your activity level. And here's where a lot of people fuck it up, right? Because they think, oh, I go to the gym every day. Right. Like I would totally think that. And so you really need to be aware of what are you doing at the gym? Are you going to the gym and you're kind of like spending half the time working out and half the time like quote unquote resting or chatting? Are you doing really light movement? Are you walking? Like I always err on the side of conservative when I'm determining somebody's activity. I do too now. And I mean, unless you're like a straight up athlete, that's training for multiple hours a day, you don't have a very active lifestyle. Right. Um, Like we work out or, you know, I can speak for myself. I work out hard one to two times a day, depending on the day. And it all depends. Like sometimes we do arms and it's not as heavy of lifting or we do legs and it's like a heavy lift day or, you know, depending. And then I go to work and I'm sitting down for the most part. And then, so most people in a weight training session are burning maybe 300 calories in a good day. And in a a full hour hit where you are not stopping, you are doing an hour of high intensity interval training straight, maybe five or 600 calories. Right. So people think they're going to orange theory and they're burning like 800 calories or whatever. You're probably not unless you're seriously overweight and you have that, those calories to to burn, to burn. Yeah. Um, and I'll give you another example. My husband, he does construction. Yeah. He actually is moving all day. He's, you know, maybe lifting some heavy shit sometimes, but his heart rate is not constantly elevated. And like being spiked to and the point where that it would, yeah. it doesn't count as 
like a high activity job, I guess you would call it. So, um, so that's the basics of how you calculate your macros. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is where I come in with what was difficult for me also on top of the math portion was prepping for it because, you know, what's funny is I, uh, my mother tells me all the time, like, uh, plant, uh, fail to plan, plan to fail. Like that's what she used to say to me. And it's the momest phrase I've ever heard in my life. It is, but I never paid attention to her. And to be honest, I didn't think my mom was right about anything until I was 28 years old. And then (laughs) I'm not kidding. And then one day I went to get my makeup done at at a Mac counter and the girl was setting herself up and she said, fail to plan, plan to fail. And I was like, oh my God, that is so true. And my mother was with me while I was getting my makeup done. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) So, uh, mom, you're always right. Uh, But... Um, the planning part is what gets me sometimes because I was struggling with prepping meals because I don't want to fucking prep the same shit every single day. It's frustrating for me. It turns me off like when I'm like, great, I'm having this chicken and this cauliflower rice again that I prepped three days ago. I also like fresh things. So that's like my tick and my weird thing of having it sitting in my, my fridge. Um, but what you helped me with was to prep ingredients and not prep a specific meal. So if I feel like having, like I will mostly have protein, like my chicken, I do roasted chickens really because that's easier for me, Um, but I leave it plain. And then if I feel like putting a little hot sauce on it, I do. If I feel like putting a little barbecue sauce on it, I do. And that's also measured, but at least I'm not having the same thing every day. And it almost, it becomes disheartening when you're like, ugh, I gotta stick to this chicken again. And, you know, you get turned off by it, and then that's same thing. I'm depriving, I feel like I'm depriving myself, and then I will actively go into a binge, where there's times where I will stand eating ice cream, and then, like, eating the next thing, and eating the next thing, and I'll look at John and say, I'm binging right now, and I can't stop. And he's like, okay. (laughs) She's, like, back slowly away from the kitchen. (laughs) Um, 100%. I think also meal prepping gets a bad rep Mm -hmm. because you picture the bodybuilders with all of their little containers containers that are the same thing five times, like the same exact meal every day, five days a week. And you know what? That works for some people and more power to you. I am not that person. Or what's also intimidating is those like Instagram meal preps that they make it look so gorgeous and so like tasty and fun. And you're like, I could never do that. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people can. And I think most people are like us where you want to you want to eat what you feel like eating. And there is a lot of planning required in um, in macros counting and. So what I always recommend is like what you just said, ingredient prepping versus meal prepping. So I'll make my proteins, I'll make my sides, which are usually veggies and maybe a complex carb, like a sweet potato or like a brown rice or whatever. Um, And I'll keep them all separate and then I'll mix and match differently throughout the week. So, you know, one day I'll have like salmon on my salad. One day I'll have chicken on my salad. One day I'll have chicken with rice and veggies. One day I'll have salmon, you know, like whatever it is. Mix it up. Uh, Mix it up. And definitely condiments are your BFF because you can make all of your shit plain and then season it as, you know, you feel like. You feel like at the day. Totally. Um, Also, you know, having, I feel like having a lot of 
snack options is really healthy. I'm really healthy, helpful. Um, and I think somebody asked me to talk about healthy snack options. So when we're talking about specific macros, um, I typically plan my meals first and then my snack second. So just to give you, to set the scene a little bit, I'll take like five to 10 minutes while I'm in bed at night to figure out what I'm eating the next day. Me too. And I'll pre-log everything to make sure that it all fits. It takes, once you get the hang of it, it takes literally minutes and it saves so much energy the next day because you're not debating on what to eat. Everything is just, it's decisions already made. Right. This is what my lunch is. This is what my dinner is. Yay. Um, So snack wise, I usually try to, um, fit my snacks around what macros I need based on the meals that I already have. So a few examples of if you need like extra fat in your day, I don't think that's never my problem. That is never my problem. (laughs) Um, so avocado is a great snack. I like avocado with like the Trader Joe's, everything, but the bagel seasoning to die for dark chocolate, obviously nuts, whole milk yogurt. If you can tolerate dairy or, um, nut milk yogurt too, usually has a decent amount of fat in it, like a coconut yogurt. Um, if you need protein, Greek yogurt is really good. If you can tolerate dairy, um, tuna or chicken, um, like a chicken salad maybe, or tuna salad. Um, those tuna pouches have like 20 grams of protein in them. Oh yeah, I saw you eating that the other day. different flavors. So fucking delicious. Uh, love a hard boiled egg, um, a turkey roll up or even like a ham roll up, like cold cuts. Um, I don't, I wouldn't go into excess of cold cuts. Um, but if you're buying, uh, nitrate free, uncured cold cuts, um, you know, a little turkey roll up, that's like a fancy way to say a piece of turkey rolled up. Um, maybe add a slice of cheese in there if you're really feeling jazzy. Um, and jerky. People love jerky. It's not my thing, but people love it. And they make like bison jerky. (laughs) I, I can be a jerky. I was a jerky to some kids on the playground today. Let me tell you. Um, and then if you need carbs, that's basically everything else. I mean, pretty much everything is carbs, fruit, you know, crackers, cheese, hummus, green juice, right. all carbs. Um, and another thing when we're talking about planning is uh, whenever I'm going out to eat, typically you know you're going out to eat beforehand. You, yeah, it's very rare that I don't. And I always, I'm the, the person and my husband hates me for this, Mm-mm. but I always read the menu me too. online before I go somewhere to eat. I like to be mentally prepared for what I'm going to eat. And also if we know, like, so if we're all going out to dinner and we know that day, I'm like, I'm working out in the morning, I'm going to keep it light whatever's going to sustain me 100%. up until we go to dinner. And then I don't want to feel bad or I'll like keep it relatively healthy. Like I don't mind having a burger without the bun knowing that the, like I'm already reached my carbs or whatever, but yeah, you stock the menu 100%. and then you can mentally prepare to enjoy yourself. And we do track alcohol. Mm-hmm. Always track your alcohol, fit into your macros. And then I always say, unless you're in a really aggressive cut. So if you are prepping for a competition, if you are, you know, have an event that you feel like you need to look a certain way for like a wedding or whatever, unless you have a very aggressive goal and a very tight timeline, there's always got to be one cheat meal a week. I agree. Because it one gives you something to look forward to. Yep. And two, that's when you kind of release all of those cravings, you know? 
and you don't, again, you don't feel like you are holding yourself back from doing something right. and then it just starts to build up and you freak out. Right. <laughs> and that point. Gmail is not tracked. You don't even fucking bother logging that. Right. Shit. It makes no sense. Um, so we had a few questions on our Wanna Vibe Instagram. You can find us at Wanna Vibe Podcast. Uh, so a few of the questions that we had. So I'm going to ha- ask them and then you can answer. Okay. Um, so we have one of our followers. Counting macros is too much work. How do I make this easier? I would just like to say, fuck you. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Yeah. Counting macros is a learned skill. So is tying your fucking shoes. So is figuring out how to use the goddamn new remote on the Apple TV fourth generation. That one's a doozy. Touch the nerve. (laughs) just, Just like anything else... You have to put in a little bit of time in the beginning and then it becomes a habit. It's like second nature. So back to Issa's point before about investing in yourself, invest a little bit of time in yourself and your goals, whatever those goals might be. um, And, you know, make it work because eventually you're not going to have to weigh everything. You're not going to have to measure everything and using the app and tracking things is not going to be as much of a pain in the ass. Yeah, man. Schoolhouse rock was not playing. (laughs) Knowledge is power. And the more you're open to it, like as you're older, if you look back and you're like, I could have done so many things had I known what then what I know now, like you can just open, you know, open your eyes a little bit and start taking all this information in and being like, I can do that. It's not as intimidating as it seems. And you will learn like it really does open a whole new world as to how you're eating, how much you're eating. I mean, what really was key to me when I first started counting macros, my macros were like all crappy foods, Mm -hmm. but I was still hungry and I wasn't eating volume of crappy food. And then I realized, oh my God, I can eat so much more of these like healthier fiber filled, like balanced meals. And I was like, okay, so that obviously is like a better strategy, right? Cause you want to eat more. Um, and be fuller and be satiated. So for me, it was like, that was, it was almost a self taught way of like teaching myself how to eat, but then also portions, right? You know, realizing like, this is actually a portion of chicken or avocado or whatever it is versus what I thought was a portion of avocado. Like people literally eat whole avocados and And think it's a portion and think it's a portion. And like, those people tend to be really skinny for some reason. I don't understand it, but <laughs> more you, power, more to, power you. to you. So there's a lot of learning that goes into it, but it's worth it in the end because it's going to be a skill that will help carry you through, you know, eating well for the rest of your life. And I'm going out on a tangent, but this is going to lead to another point. The, the purpose of counting macros is to eventually lead into intuitive eating. Yes. So eventually you're going to get to a place where you feel confident enough that you don't feel like you need to track every day because you understand what you need to intake in order to feel your best. And the macros are always going to be there as a tool that you can fall back on. And you just maintain balance. Right. So if your goals change, you know, say you wanted to lean out 
and lose body fat and gain lean muscle, but now you want to bulk up because you're training for the Spartan race and you want, you know, to be super duper strong and you want to be in a caloric surplus. Like those tools are always there for you to fall back on if your goals change or if you feel like you need a little bit more reassurance or whatever the situation is. So second question, I think my macros are too high and it is freaking me out. This is something that happens a lot, like more often than I can even tell you. And it's always comes from the habitual dieters. The habitual dieters think that they should be eating 1200 calories a day. They should be eating zero carbs, right? Um, you are destroying your metabolism if you're eating that way. I never knew that. That was such a thing for us growing up. Like 1200 calories is the bottom line. The less you eat, the the more your body goes into starvation mode and it will start learning your body is very 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 smart and it will start learning how to survive on less so that it can live longer and sooner or later you need to eat less and less in order to just keep up those basic functions so you're actually doing yourself a really really big disservice and the good news is is that if you have been eating 1200 calories for years, it's not irreversible damage. Again, your body adapts quite quickly, but you do need to feed it enough that it knows that it doesn't have to hold on to every single ounce of fat that you eat. Right. Just You're not in throwing case. it into starvation mode. So a lot of times people that are holding on to that extra five or 10 pounds and they're like, I can't lose it. I can't lose it. I can't lose it. It's because you're actually not eating enough. That's wild to me. It's crazy. So on a different... A similar but different question that we got. I work out a lot. So does that mean I have that much more to eat? Yes and no. Um, your macros would be different if you work out a lot. And I think, again, back to our conversation before, a lot is a, is a subjective thing. I think people oftentimes do think that they're more active than they are. Um, if you're working out a lot, you're going to want to have a slightly higher carb intake and you're probably going to want to have a slightly higher protein intake because if you are working out there, you're probably going to want to maintain the muscle mass that you're putting on. Um, however, it's not going to be a thousand additional calories. It's right. going to be a couple hundred additional calories. And, you know, people's macros are very personal and it's not going to look the same for everyone. So there's not really a blanket answer for that. Um, but... Yes, your macros are relative to your activity level. So when you were just saying we were about like holding on to proteins, I love this. It's segueing right into our <laughs> next questions. Um, so we got a question. My protein macros are so high. I cannot eat that much protein and get so full. Help. Help. What is the thing that you say in your spin class that we can never remember that you say in your spin class? <sighs> whatever it is. Yes, you can. <laughs> you can eat that much protein in a day. So a good rule of thumb on like just a blanket average is one gram of protein per pound of body weight. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you should be eating around 150 grams of protein. That's a lot. That's, That's a, a lot, lot of protein. protein. Um, which would mean rough math, like you're probably having around 40-ish grams of protein per meal and then 30 grams of protein in snacks. So whether that mean like a afternoon snack and your dessert or whatever. The good thing about this is that, first of all, obviously 
you want to focus most of your protein intake on whole food proteins. And what I mean by that is just protein in its unaltered state. So whether that be like lean meats, um, eggs, uh, there are certain carbs that are a little bit higher in protein content, like lentils, um, again, Greek yogurt, um, you know, I don't like to supplement my protein personally more than once a day. So I wouldn't have like a protein shake and a protein bar in one day, but that's just a personal preference. Um, And if you are a vegetarian, your protein intake is automatically going to be lower. So this really is just a shout out to the meat eaters out there. Um, But the good news is, is that the availability of protein fortified foods is higher than ever now. So you can do things like get lentil pasta that has like 20 grams of protein in it. Or like I, I just stopped eating dairy recently. Um, I found out that I have an intolerance to dairy after 34 Mm. years. I know sad day, but first of all, on that note, there are some really amazing non-dairy options in the cheese aisle these days. And there is, um, protein fortified milk and nut milk that you can buy. There's protein fortified cereals and things like that. So um, if you are sensitive to dairy, you wanna make sure that the protein fortified foods that you're getting is coming from things like pea protein or hemp protein. and they taste good because and most there's so many options now. there are so many options and i would just say really like you need to educate yourself you need to read your food labels um not just the ingredient list which i firmly believe in but like the nutrition labels like grams of protein per serving know what right. a serving size is because like a cup of milk that has 10 grams of protein in it like i the the nut milk that i drink has 10 grams of protein in it but I don't put a cup in my coffee. So I can't count that 10 grams of protein. You know what I'm saying? So it's all relative, but you have tons and tons of options. I would just say be strategic. Um, and it, again, a learning curve. So you're not probably going to be able to start off day one counting macros with 150 grams of protein, but you'll figure out how to get there and balance. So the next question, I go over certain macros all the time. My fats are always so high. Does it throw off my entire day? Have I ruined everything? You've never ruined everything. Um, high level, Consistency is key with macros. So you're never, I think once in my entire life, have I hit every macro within like one gram. Was that today? No, today was close though. Today was really close. (laughs) I was proud of today. Um, But no, you have not ruined everything. It's better to be 80 to 90% to your target every single day than be 100% to your target five days a week and then on the weekends just go like fucking ham. Um, so in order of importance, your overall caloric intake is the most important thing followed very closely by your protein intake. And then you're going to have days where your carbs and fats kind of fluctuate. I think that those two numbers that when you're calculating your macros, you're given are more, those are the more kind of like guideline numbers. Some days your body is going to feel like it needs more energy. So you're probably going to want to carb up a little bit. And some days you're going to want to, um, feel Fatten up satiated, which is what you get from, <laughs> from the fats. So, um, so I would just say, um, really focus on that protein number. Um, let the carbs and fats fall where they may, as long as you're staying in your overall caloric intake number. Um, and also, um, you know, every day is a new day. So we're all going to fuck up. We're all going to fall. My favorite thing to say to my clients is if you fall on the ground, you're not just going to fucking lay there. 
right? You're going to get back up again. So if you have a binge episode and you're counting macros, pick it back up, start counting again the next day. That's it. So we have two more questions. Um, They're actually from two of my people. So I was excited to see that they uh, responded. People, hey people. Yeah. So uh, the first is from my friend Brian. He's one of my good friends. Um, He said, what are some of the best foods for breaking a fast? Good question, Brian. So actually, I want to do another episode on intermittent fasting, preferably with a guest that's really, really well versed on intermittent fasting. But what I can say is, um, let's touch on this just a little bit. Okay. So for those who don't know, intermittent fasting is basically just fasting for a period of time. Um, I think the most common time frame that people do is they fast for 16 hours and then they'll eat all of their daily calories in an eight hour window. So it doesn't necessarily meaning that mean that they're eating less overall, like calorie wise, but they are eating that in just a more condensed period of time. And typically what that looks like is they'll eat lunch, snack, dinner, just a larger lunch, a larger snack, a larger dinner. Mm -hmm. And then they won't eat from, I can't even math right now, but let's say 8 PM till 12 PM the next day. Yeah. That's 16 hours. Um, but that being said, if you're sleeping, you're fasting. So I actually do recommend that people fast for at least 12 hours, meaning the last meal of your day, 12 hours between that and breakfast the next day. And, um, for that amount of time, that's like just enough time for your body to fully digest all of the food that you ate the previous day, break it all down and start, um, that cellular turnover and metabolic flexibility, which means that your body can start breaking down old or damaged cells. Um, the things that kind of make you sick and also, um, it heightens your body's ability to source energy from different places. So it will be able to source energy from sugars as efficiently as fats and turn that on and off quickly. So minimum 12 hour fast is great, but for a 12 hour fast, it matters less what you're breaking your fast with. Does that make sense? No. Okay. No, I get, no, no, no. I get it. So what Brian is asking, I think what Brian is asking, if, if he's intermittent fasting for 16 hours, he's going to want to break his fast with really nutrient dense foods. Okay. So healthy fats are number one, eggs, avocados, things like that. Um, also things that are really rich in fiber. So, um, cruciferous veggies, fruit, things like that. And, um, like things like complex carbs. I love the word cruciferous. Cruciferous. It's not really a sexy word. I felt like I made it sexy. <laughs> but, okay, but this actually blends into, because um, uh, one of my best friends from college, Jen, also asked a question. So this actually, you were touching on it already. Um, how do you integrate intermittent fasting with working out? I fear being hangry. Jen, <laughs> My biggest fear in life is being hangry. It's my husband's biggest fear when I'm hangry too. (laughs) Um, What I would say is you would adjust your window to um, work with your schedule. So I I only intermittent fast for 12 hours. Um, 
most days. There are some days that I go longer, um, but I'm a morning worker outer and therefore I'm hungrier during the day and I find that I'm not as hungry in the evening. So for me, I feel like it's important to fuel up post-workout. Your body needs that protein in order for your muscles to repair and regenerate. So I would say try adjusting your window and seeing if you can have an early dinner at like 4 p.m. and taking it till whatever 16 hours is the next day. Okay. That being said, you can also shorten the window and you can fast for like 14 hours and eat for 10 hours. Right. It's, there's no rules that say that you, you know, you can't make it work for you. Um Another thing that I would mention is a lot of people find um, a cup of black coffee with some fat in it as a really good way to extend your ability to fast. And like hold over. Right. So if post-workout you're feeling super hungry, um, but you want to maintain that fasting window, black coffee with either MCT oil or ghee or coconut oil, a clean fat can help you feel full without breaking your fast. I can't wait to try ghee. <laughs> You're so intrigued by ghee. Ghee is just clarified butter, everybody. So basically they melt the butter and then they skim off the, the, the solids, the milk solids. So it's a better option if you have dairy intolerance, tastes just like butter, and it's, um, it's a little bit cleaner, if you will. This was awesome. Was this a long episode? Yeah, it was really long, but... I hope that I was able to give everybody some useful information. You really did, and I um, I enjoy and I'm lucky that I have you to give me all this useful information and that I actually listen. <laughs> I'm lucky that you actually listen, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we're going to wrap this episode up. Um, that Follow was, us on social media, guys. Yeah, subscribe, like, share, uh, rate and review us. Give us five stars on iTunes, please. Uh, yeah, we're we're currently working on our backlog as we wait for iTunes to approve us. Yeah, approve us, iTunes. So yeah, rude. iTunes, come on. Okay, so in the meantime, follow us on social media, Wanna Vibe Podcast on Instagram, Wanna Vibe Pod on Twitter, and we have the Wanna Vibe Facebook page. Right. You can follow Issa on Instagram at Isabel Louise underscore, and you can follow me at The Balanced Rebel. It's been real, y'all. Thank you.